What's good, everybody? Welcome back to Inside the Green Room. With Danny Green, I'm Harrison Sanford, checking in on all the major activity in the National Basketball Association. And my calendar says it is Tuesday, January 9th. Well, January 8th was quite an eventful day in the NBA. We saw Tyrese Halliburton get helped off the court. We got injury news with John Morant, and we also got some interesting quotes from Draymond Green. We're going to break that all down right here over the next 25, 30 minutes or so. First and foremost, Danny, let's talk about John Morant. He is now out for the season with yeah. a shoulder injury. This is a team that was playing at a pretty good level ever since he came back from injury, particularly over this past weekend uh, when they were able to get wins over the Los Angeles Lakers. And even without Ja was able to get a win over the Phoenix Suns. But now, Danny, Ja's no longer a part of the team for the rest of the season. What's your reaction to that? That's a tough loss, man, because they they were playing with new life. And I think he gave them a lot of uh, a different energy, which, you know, kind of sucks. I think this is another hit for them. But I said, even even with him being back and him being around, around the team morale and just those, you know, I guess the couple games that he was back gives them a different type of energy. So hopefully they can continue to carry that forward. But this this sucks. This is a tough year for him. Um, with said the suspensions now, the injury, and him only being there for like ten games with his team. This is a tough blow. So I feel for him. I feel for them. Praying for you know a speedy recovery for him. And uh yeah, hopefully they, they continue to find the rhythm and playing well um without him. Yeah, he obviously was suspended for the first 25 games of the season and now will miss the remainder of the season. Now, they've gotten, they've gotten some good play from a number of their players on the team, particularly the big two, the other big two with Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson. This season, Desmond Bain without John Morant, 24 and a half points and five assists. Jaron Jackson Jr., 21 points per game in games where Ja wasn't playing. But another person who's been pretty good for them, Danny, uh, particularly since he's come back from his own injury, is Marcus Smart in his last eight games, averaging 16 points per game. Now, I think a lot of people are going to be down on the Grizzlies because Ja is gone, but this isn't like Ja's gone. This wasn't this isn't last year's team where if Ja was gone, uh, then, you know, they're really, well, they still had Tyus Jones. Yes. But nonetheless, okay, if you look at this year's team, at least if you lose Ja Morant, you still have Marcus Smart, who is a point guard, um, who, if it's, so if, if Marcus Smart could play the point guard role at a high level uh, or above average level, then who on that roster would you say needs to step up to replace the production that they're going to lose from Ja? I think it's a collective thing, man. It's you can't do it with one person. Um, obviously, I think Jaron couldn't step it up a little bit more uh, offensively and defensively. Get back to that defensive player of the year caliber player he was. I don't know where he ranks right now this season, but he's not being talked about as much, mainly because they haven't been winning. It's the uh, record, but he yes. could he could protect the rim a little bit better. I guess you know the biggest thing knock on him this past summer was the rebounding issue. Um, but I honestly think so it's going to be a collective group thing and I think also will help them if they get Brandon Clark back and we don't know how soon or how late if he can get back by February it's early January right now if he gets back before or by all-star break it's another month I mean I expected them to do some historic type of things with job back I don't expect that anymore but I still think they can do some you know say miraculous but something special with the group they have right now and I think they could probably get to that 10 seed play in if they stay above water and stay afloat with Marcus Smart playing at a high level, uh, Luke Kennard being back and out playing at a high level, obviously Dez and Jaron doing what they're supposed to do, but getting Brandon Clark back. Uh, Vince Williams is playing a lot of minutes now. He's been doing some some good work for them. Uh, 
So, you know, if you get Zaire and David Roddy, those other guys that step up a little bit, it'll keep them in the conversation of the playing game. Yeah, so they're four and a half games out of the last play-in spot. In order for them to get into the play-in, they would have to surpass either the war. Not, not even the Warriors, because the Warriors are out of the plane right now, too. But in order to get into that range, they would have to pass teams like uh, the Lakers. They'd have to pass teams uh, like, let me, I just had the stands up here. Uh, they would have to Lakers. pass a team. Yeah, they'd have to pass the Lakers. They'd have to pass the Suns. They'd have to pass the Pelicans. Have to pass uh, the Houston Rockets. Those are the teams that, not necessarily they have to pass all of them, but through the 7 and 10, through the 7 and 10 seeds, 7 is the Pelicans, 8 is the Rockets, 9 is the Suns, Lakers are the 10, and then you still have the Jazz in front of the Grizzlies. You still have the Warriors in front of the Grizzlies. It's a long way up, and honestly, you, you, you brought up Brandon Clark, and so I had to think, I, I think the Memphis Grizzlies organization is going to be confronted with a very difficult choice. Yes, you don't ever want to tell players to not try hard, not do their best, there's something about morale and trying to win. However, Danny, the Grizzlies own their first round draft pick this year. So there is a world where you can have a core of John Morant, Marcus Smart, Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr. with Steven Adams coming back, with Brandon Clark coming back, and maybe a top 10 draft pick. So, yes, they might still try hard and still not make it into the play-in, but I feel as if you're the Grizzlies organization making a – I definitely would not be making any trades at the trading deadline. You might, I, I, you might as well hold on to any asset that you have and just let this team play out as they can. Let Jaron continue to improve without job. Let Desmond Bain continue to improve without job. Maybe you get like um, – Maybe you get a renaissance or, or, or like a, a, a complete surprise from a Zaire Williams, from a David Roddy. One of those guys really develops on the second half of the season and they turn themselves into even a better NBA player. I think that's the route you have to go again. When you have that first round draft pick and you have such a young core and you're Memphis where you're not necessarily a free agent destination, I, I, I wouldn't yeah. be trying to supplant what Ja, I wouldn't be trying to replace what Ja uh, is now missing from the team. Because at the end of the day, you're going to end up being, you might end up being a long-term winner from this as opposed to a short-term loser. I wouldn't go to officially trying to, not saying tank, but, and giving up. I just wouldn't rush the other guys to come back uh, sooner than later. You know, I'll let Brandon Clark yep. take his time coming back. I'll let Steven Adams take his time coming back. I'll let those guys get healthy. So I wouldn't rush that. But the other guys, I would want to stay healthy and keep them in rhythm and figure out, learning the system, learn each other, having good chemistry. So I would still allow those other guys like Marcus Smart, uh, Luke Kennard, um, and, you know, the other guys they brought along to find a rhythm and, and learn the system and playing within Memphis. And they get Zaire, David Roddy, Jake Laravia, you know, those guys, some reps and, and learning and, and playing more maturing as players because they could be special down the line. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you. I, I just wouldn't force the issue with other guys coming back, but necessarily I wouldn't tank if you will or to give up and throw the towel in but I would let those other guys continue to play out and you know learn and the shore yeah for sure that's definitely a, a big blow to the Memphis Grizzlies uh, but again I, I'm of the I'm of the belief that in the long term this could definitely pan out well uh, one more quick question on Ja let me move on to Draymond Green so Ja now gets injured he obviously had the 25 game suspension and Ja has had his fair share of injuries uh, throughout the course of his career and some of it has really been I'd say he swept under the rug because they played so well without him because Tyus Jones was there. But I think now if you look at Ja himself as a basketball player, Danny, 
what concern or do you have a concern with how his game and his health is going to develop over the course of time. He's not necessarily, he's not a stand behind the three point line type of three point shooter. He's an attack the rim basketball player. And unlike a Russell Westbrook, he's not necessarily st- like stocky like Westbrook is. And we've seen, uh, and obviously we don't want to see it, but we've seen injuries to explosive point guards. The first one that comes to everybody's mind typically is Derrick Rose. Do you, what can Ja do to make sure? That this is the last. I mean, obviously, there's something. That sometimes you can't yeah, do anything about it, right? Like sometimes you can't help it. What, what do you yeah. do about this potential injury concerns? Luckily, it's never been any leg, knee, or foot, or you know, ankle injuries. Nothing in the lower extremity. Um, so I don't think he has anything to worry about when it comes to explosiveness and attacking the basket in that sense. I don't know how he hurt this shoulder. I don't know what the play was. I didn't see the play. I honestly thought when I saw he was out against Phoenix, I thought he was resting. Um, so nobody knew what the, the severity of the situation. Um, so yeah, I mean, for him, he's got, he's going to continue to do that. That's just who he is, but obviously developing the mid range, uh, and he can shoot, he can shoot it well. He can shoot the three a lot better, continues to develop that part of his game. He is a high IQ player, so he knows how to get what he wants when it comes to pick and roll situations, not only for himself, but get his teammates involved. Um, so yeah, you know, continuing that floater, continuing the mid range, uh, continuing to extend that three ball and, uh, picking and choosing wisely. Uh, of want to attack the rim, which but that's what he's good at. It's what he does, you know, with his speed. Um, so I guess the biggest thing is is being careful of you know not hitting the floor as much. Uh, you know, mm. you guys come to mind like Allen Iverson, Tony Parker, you know, smaller point guards that are always you know getting foul calls by use throwing their body in there. You know, being careful, picking and choosing wisely when to throw your body, when it's worth the risk of it not to do so, uh, and finding ways to get fouls in other ways. You know, by you know sweeping through or you know. You know, guys doing, uh, I guess, crafty veteran moves to get the fouls instead of th- putting their body in the line as much. So, um, other than that, man, he's got to he's got to play his game and see it play out. You know, some guys' bodies are different than others. Uh, you know, thankfully, you know, Tyrese Halliburton got injured and it wasn't nothing major, serious. Uh, luckily, but uh, for unfortunately for Job, this one was more serious than that one. And um, you know, hopefully, said hope this is the last one, but. It, Luckily, it wasn't like a, a lower extremity where his legs and knees and everything are good, and he could kind of bounce back with running and jumping the way he's normally used to, running and jumping. All right, let's switch topics here to Draymond Green, who's now back on the court as well, at least in the practice facility for the Golden State Warriors. On Monday, uh, he said on his podcast that he had a conversation with Adam Silver as all of the controversy was really starting to swell uh, surrounding him following his incident where he... What was the last thing? Bro, he did so much, I'm trying to... I almost forgot. So he choked He choked Gobert. What was the thing that got him suspended, though? Was that it? No. He uh, punched Nurkic. He punched Nurkic. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. He punched Nurkic. He, yeah. turned, around, See, he, did, he's, he turned around with a right hook. And, uh, yeah. you know, he shot to sell the foul call, and he caught Nurkic with a, a swinging yeah. right hook, I believe. I think that's what it was. And that's when they said, you know, he needed therapy or something like that. And then, you know, took some time off. And I think it was 12 games. He's reinstated with practicing with the team so not playing yet but he's back with the team yes for the incident with Nurkic yeah so okay so in that in his pod he said he had a conversation with Adam Silver and uh he had told Adam Silver apparently that uh he was just going to retire it was all all the controversy surrounding him was a little bit too much uh your reaction to him contemplating retirement because of all of the controversy surrounding him I mean I think it's just 
normal, natural human being, like human nature to when you're away from the game and there's a lot of media and a lot of str- a lot of things magnified of what you've done and what you're doing and a lot of negativity. Um, I, I think it's a it's something that crosses your mind. I don't think it's something that you seriously contemplate when you know you just signed back for a good amount of years um, for a good amount of money with this team that's that's been great for so long. And he's not that old yet, you know. So, um, but you know, I, I can, you know, be a, a, a form or a test to somebody that's you know up and back and forth with it, you know, being away from it or not getting, um, or not feeling the same when you're out there, or not feeling that the game is the same, uh, not knowing what the next move is or where you got to be. But he knows where he's going to be. So you know, it's, a, it's a different situation, different scenario. But when you're watching the game from from the couch and seeing how much fun is going on. And every time that your name comes up or people are forgetting about you or there's some negativity or some negative you know, media comments, uh, I said, I think it's just human nature and you to be like, you know what, maybe it's time for me to move on to the next thing. You know, maybe it's time for me to just let this go. But, uh, you know, it's sometimes so when you're going through a, a phase like that, um, you know, some guys have had injuries. Clay, I'm sure, had injuries. He probably thought about it. DeMarcus Cousins, you know, there's certain guys that uh, have been unfortunate situations. Luckily for Draymond, he doesn't have a major injury. But when you're in a different phase like that and, and watching how things are changing and how you're being forgotten about or how negatively you've been talked about, it, it's only, you know, it's the human to think of certain, you know, different routes or d- different things of, of changes. So, I mean, I don't know. I thought it was a, it's a, sometimes when you're going through that time, there's rash uh, decisions or rash thoughts, which Adam Silver said was when he had the conversation with him, he was like, you know, it's a rash decision. Some people, some guys make emotional decisions and Draymond's an emotional guy um, on the court, especially. So, you know, I could see that happening, but you know, he has good corner, good people around him to talk him out of those emotional decisions. But, you know, it's something that he has to weigh on himself personally. And, you know, Adam Silver talked him out of it, but eventually when it comes out to it, it's really his decision of what he feels is right for him. And he may come back and be like, you know what? This is not for me, you know. This is not my type of. This is not my time anymore. And he may give up. So we we have no idea. But I said I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be back once he's back on the court and playing and then being around his guys. I think it's just withdrawals of him not being around his teammates as much. Yeah, I could definitely see that. In fact, um, Draymond actually had a, a press conference today with the Golden State Warriors meet media, and he's definitely going to be needed because now they're going to be without Chris Paul. And if you mm-hmm. go back to last year, Draymond Green was leading the team in assists. Uh, he actually said uh, this to a reporter after they asked him in terms of uh, his intensity level, getting back out the court on the court too much. He said, I've cost my team enough. It's not time for me to come back and be like, all right, I'm going to take my time and get back when I can. No, you caused this on yourself. You don't get the grace. So it sounds as if Draymond Green understands that like uh, a lot of not uh, not all of what's wrong with Golden State is on his shoulders, but he's definitely uh, a part of what's been going uh, down there negatively. So uh, his intent, it seems like, is to get back out there and try and win as soon as possible and win as much as possible. What where do you think the Warriors fall between now and the trading deadline? Do you think they're going to lean towards, okay, Draymond's back? Maybe Wiggins has some type of renaissance. We've seen Jonathan Kaminga uh, get in the starting lineup the other day. Maybe, maybe this is maybe because he's one of their leaders and definitely their most vocal leader. Maybe he gives them a change of course that makes them believe that this roster, as presently constructed, 
could potentially make a playoff push? Or do you think the same type of energy that was around the team basically to begin the season will still last up until the trading deadline? Well, um, I'm, I said it's, it's good to see Draymond he understands he, he's not a dummy. He has a high IQ. He knows the situation. He knows the sense of urgency of him getting back on the floor and them having bodies whole. Gary Payton, the second, has been out. Chris Paul has been out. They've had injuries. They need defense, and he's one of the main leaders on that end of the floor for them. He is the main leader of the floor for them defensively. Now, with GP2 out, you know, that's another defensive body down. That's what they've been lacking. And also, they, with CP out, it lacks, they take away another point guard, which allows Steph to play out the ball. So with him on the floor, he can be point forward. You got Pazinski out there. You can play point, keep, you know, keep Steph off the ball. Some and Clay, they can do what they do. You got Corey Joseph coming off the bench. One of the backup point guard, but they definitely need Draymond as that point forward and defensive, you know, a uh, vocal leader, the quarterback back there to help orchestrate the defense. Um, do I see them making a move? I, I see them giving it some time and and maybe a couple weeks, but I do, if things don't change with certain guys on that group, I could see them making a move by All-Star Bree. You got a month away from right now. I'd say in about two two weeks or so, they'll give it maybe two weeks. By that third week, I think they're going to be looking to shop something to make a change if they don't have a resurgence from Wiggins or, you know, or Draymond. I'm not saying they move in Draymond, but if they don't have enough firepower to get to, you know, they see a, a rhythm or a chemistry where they can get to at least that 7-8 spot. If they don't see that happen, if they stay in 10-11, I could see them making a move. But if now they're, they're racking up some games or at least winning or staying afloat and, and winning some games more than above 500 and, and you know, winning, I guess, in the next two weeks, they probably play, let's say, six to eight games, eight to ten games. The next ten games, if they win eight of those games or seven of those games, I think they'll they'll you know keep with the, the group they have going. But if they go you know another four and six or something like that, then they're gonna have to make them up. Yeah, sounds about right to me. Uh, as uh, we get ready for uh, the last stretch run here of the NBA regular season going into the trading deadline, which is always an interesting time in the NBA calendar. We are also, at least I am, and I know some of y'all must be too, looking ahead to the NBA, NFL, excuse me, to the NFL playoffs. When we come back from break, we're going to take the NFL playoff structure and apply it to NBA teams and pick who would win the NBA title under those current seedings. We'll be right back on Inside Green. All right, back with more Inside the Green Room. Harrison Sanford, Danny Green. You guys already know the vibes. And uh, yeah, I'll be watching the NBA this weekend, but best believe I will 100% be watching the NFL playoffs. So in honor of Super Wild Card Weekend in the NFL, I have taken the current standings as it stands right now in the NBA and made two playoff brackets, Western Conference, Eastern Conference, in honor of how the NBA, in honor of how the NFL does it. And I'm applied to the NBA. So, Danny, let's break down the Eastern Conference first. So, in the NFL, the one seed gets a bye. So, right now, the Boston Celtics would get a bye. Uh, that would set up a matchup between the four and five seed, Magic versus Heat. Now, I'm going to do it just like the NFL does it. It's only one game. Only one game, Danny. We could assume perfect health, though. We'll assume perfect health. Right now, Magic versus Heat. The Magic would be the home team, a one-off. Who wins? You know, you can't 
when it comes down to playoff time, you can't go against Jimmy Butler. You know what I'm saying? But the way Orlando's been playing, they've been playing extremely well. They beat Denver this past week. I think they beat, who else was it, Phoenix? They beat a couple good teams this they past the week. King, they oh, they um, almost beat the Kings. They hit the Kings, the Kings in double overtime. They, they double time. They lost to the Kings, but they beat Denver Nuggets, and I feel like they beat somebody else um, that was a, a pretty good team that they, they just played. But in a one-off, I'm, I'm going to have to go with Jimmy. You know, like, he's not allow, he's not going to allow that team to lose um, in that type of atmosphere, or type of playoff situation to where they don't make it to the next round. If they're fully healthy, Miami's fully healthy. They're more mature. They've been there. They have guys that have been to the finals. They have guys that have been to the Eastern Conference finals. So I'm going to have to go with Miami for that one-off with a healthy Jimmy Bam, Tyler Hero, Kyle Lowry, you know, Kevin Love, Caleb Martin, the guys who have that experience that have been there last year. Totally understandable. In their in his last five games, Paulo Bencaro, 33 points, nine rebounds, eight assists. Absolutely hooping. All right, so that's one side what, of the bracket. Who did they beat? Uh, they beat who the Hawks. It the was last... a win over the Hawks, and then they had two losses before that. Who was who they beat before the Hawks? It was Denver and Wells. Uh, so so last five games, a seven point win over the Hawks, two point win over the Nuggets, lost to the Kings, lost to the Warriors, lost to the Suns, uh-huh. beat the, beat the Knicks by eleven. But that was the Knicks without OG. Uh, okay, we could talk about that another okay. time. All right. Uh, also, all right. So let's go to the other game. So that so that would set up the Celtics versus Celtics versus the Heat in a one off. Who would win? I just the inconsistency of Miami after having to go through a battle with Orlando. I see them. Did you not the see what happened last year? Last year's last year. It's a different team on both sides. <laughs> they lost a lot. They didn't gain much. Boston gained a Drew Holiday and a Przingis. It's a very different team now. Okay, that's fair. All right, so we'll go. So we'll go with Boston. Uh, we'll go with uh, what's his name? Yeah, we'll go with. So we'll go with Boston in the Eastern Conference Finals or that. The Eastern Conference Championship game, if you want to keep it to NFL terms. All right, so the other side of the Eastern Conference, that would put the two-seed Milwaukee Bucks against the Cleveland Cavaliers at the seventh seed. Who wins? One game only. Milwaukee Bucks. And I think you agree with me on that one. Cleveland has been very up and down, a full health. They haven't had enough time together, the chemistry. Uh, I said, I just think with the experience in Milwaukee Bucks, I'm, I'm going to have to go with them for one off with Giannis. Yeah, uh, I, I can't go against Giannis and, and Dame. Dame time and clutch moments. Those guys step up and do what they're supposed to do. Yeah, just make sure the, the equipment manager's on his P's and Q's there in Milwaukee. All right, let's go to the 3-6 matchup. 76ers taking on the Pacers. 76ers the home team. Let's assume Tyrese Halliburton is healthy, not, not suffering from the hamstr- hamstring strain. Uh, 76ers Pacers, who you got? I mean, the Pacers have given them a. The Pacers ran them off the court in their own and on their own court earlier this season. Danny, a one-off. Pacers 76ers, who wins? They only played one game this season together against each other. I thought they played more than one. Uh, there's one. There's only one that's come to my mind at least. It was a play. It they was a. Two games. It was an in-season tournament game, and the Pacers ran them off the court. They beat them in the in-season tournament game, but the game before that, they played back to back. The game before that, Sixers beat the, beat them beat them pretty well. And okay. since in tournament, Indiana has not been playing the same uh, since then. And I think Philly Philly has the experience to have Joel Embiid. You cannot bet against Joel Embiid, a healthy Joel Embiid. He's been unhealthy in most playoff last couple playoffs runs, so it's been tough. But I see him, you know, for one off, Tyrese Maxey stepping up the way he has, and other guys, you know, playing. And Nick Nurse, uh, the coaching, I'm going to have to give it to them. All right, so one off, 76ers versus the Bucks. I'm gonna go with Philly. Mm. I'm gonna go with Philly. I just, I just don't. 
And, you know, Milwaukee got them early in the year, the first game of the season, a uh, very close game. Um, but I think, I said, I think Philly's going to get them in a one-off. All right, one-off then for the Eastern Conference uh, Championship, Celtics 76ers. That's going to be the one, man. That's the that's the rematch, right? So one-off, that's, that's a tough one to bet, man. It's, it's hard to say. It could go either way. It's a 50-50. It's a toss-up for me. Okay, I think it's any given night. Is it at home? Is it in Boston? Is it in Philly? It would be Boston. Would be the home. Boston would be the home team that has the one seed. I don't know if Boston loses at home. Um, okay, but I do think Philly could. Get, I do think Philly can get them. I of do course, think Philly could get them any given day. Unfortunately, this is not the NFL. It would be a best of seven. And in a best of seven, I would take the Celtics. But that's not, that's besides the point. All right, let's go to Western Conference. All right, number one seed would be the Minnesota Timberwolves. They look good so far this season. Uh, let's go to the 4-5 game. Clippers-Kings, real quick, who wins? I'm going to go Clippers. They've been rolling and playing well right now. Um, full health. I think they have more experience. I think they would get that first game. Okay, Clippers-Timberwolves. That's a tough one. One-off. It is a tough one. I'm gonna go with the Timberwolves since they mm. got the bye week. I think, I think Sacramento will give Clippers a, a good run for their money, and they would be a little bit fatigued. They're a little older, having to play, you know, a second game after that first one. Um, I think it will, will wear on them a little bit. So I think the Timberwolves will get them in that second game. All right, so three six matchup: Nuggets Mavericks. Can we just chalk ma- chuck, ch- chalk the Nuggets? Mind you, it is mind you, it is a one off. So in a one-off, Luka could do Luka could do something crazy. Anything could happen. So could Kyrie. You just have no idea what's going to happen. Um, but I still take the Nuggets. They're the best team in the league, team-wise in the league right now, chemistry-wise. If they have everybody healthy, uh, the way obviously the starting five is involved, but their bench, the way Reggie Jackson and DeAndre Jordan have been playing this year, it's been it's been uh, remarkable and unexplainable. So it's like. You know, where is this coming from? But they, they've been playing at a high level. And Jamal Murray's back now. I'm going to give it to Denver. Okay. I also like Peyton Watson as well. All right. So let's go to this uh, this other matchup here. The 2-7 two, uh, two matchup between the Thunder and the Pelicans. I kind of like the Pelicans' length against, uh, against OKC, especially with OKC being on the younger side. But you're taking the Thunder. Taking the Thunder. Uh, Shea, special kid. He's gonna he's gonna do what needs to be done. Chet is was pretty good and very good for a rookie. And they have a lot of other guys that can do some good stuff. Jalen Williams, uh, you know, Isaiah Joe coming off the bench, having a hell of a year, man. It's it's good to see, proud to see it. He's found a home and playing well. Um they have a good bench, they have a good starting five. I think New Orleans is just too up and down. And um I don't know if they shoot the three ball well enough uh for me to to trust them in the playoffs or in these type of scenarios. Yeah, I think they have a glut at wing. I think they need to find a way to get Trey Murphy uh, the third and Jordan Hawkins some more minutes. They would really open up the floor. But that is what it is. All right, so you got Nuggets taking on the Thunder. Who wins? I'm going to go with the Nuggets. I'll okay. go with the Nuggets. All right, so that, that, would put, yeah. that would put Nuggets versus Timberwolves, Western Conference Championship. You're going Nuggets again. They're going Nuggets again. I'm going Even nuggets. though, I just don't see let's just right let's, now. It's a one off. And I think it's very, yeah. very possible that any one of these teams can get the Nuggets. I think for sure OKC could get them. I think Minnesota for sure can get them. Uh, but if I'm going with a team that I, I'm going, if I'm going to put money on and I'm betting and I trust the team, I'm going to trust them over the other team. I'm, I'm, I just think it would be an upset if the other team, they're going to have home court advantage in, in Denver, from my understanding. They get the buy. So if they're at home, 
they don't lose at home often. All right, that's fair. And then, uh, all right, so the finals, there we go. Uh, Timble, I'm sorry, the, the Nuggets taking on the Celtics. Who wins? One off. Where are they playing? In Boston? Uh, the, it would be the Celtics. Celtics have the better record. Actually, I'm so going with Denver. I just, Jokic is too, wow. too talented. He's too special. Uh, you know, the guy makes shots when it's timely and when it's needed. And Denver has been there. So they, they know how to win. They find ways. Aaron Gorslin playing at a high level. Uh, him and Jokic, that big-to-big passing has been tough to guard for any team. And so Jokic hasn't missed many shots as of late. And even one as being a half-court game winner, it, it just finds ways to find put the ball in the basket when it's needed okay uh fair enough i i, I would disagree with your bracket but you're the one who played in, played in the nba not me so uh we'll roll with your picks uh what's in your I, bracket who do you have uh, my bracket i probably would have had the timberwolves beating the nuggets and i probably would really have, yeah i know in a one-off let's not forget the timberwolves probably played the nuggets the best out of all the teams that the nuggets saw in the playoffs last year they gave they them the, the best bigs, for sure yeah, yeah they get, and, and that was without Nas Reed, and that was out. That was without Jaden McDaniel's in a one-off, especially with the Timberwolves being uh, the Timberwolves being the home the home court advantage team. I would take the Timberwolves in a one-off, not a best of seven, not a best of seven. I wouldn't. I just don't think uh, Jaden McDaniel's and Ant Man are ready yet for that. They played in the playoff like atmosphere before, and I think last time we seen Ant Man, which I'm sure he'll learn from, and is playing against the Lakers. He didn't have. He had a tough, tough game. If uh, if I'm not mistaken, he was averaging 35 and five in the playoffs last year against the Nuggets. Yeah, but who do they who do they lose? Then they lose in the play. No, then they lose in the play-in. Nah, they 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 lost the play-in game to the late. They lost the play-in game to the Lakers last year, but then they beat the Thunder, so they qualify for the playoffs. Okay, and then and then they beat and then they played the Nuggets and they took the Nuggets to five and they they played them very better than any other team in the playoffs last year. Timberwolves but it took them because they won one game. I still, <laughs> I don't see it. I said in that that in season, well, not the, the play in games. Said a one off. Ant Edwards could have one of those nights. You know, what I'm saying you never know where he just struggles. He struggled against the Lakers that one night, and that's what I remember recall happening. And not saying that he would do that against the Nuggets, but I think he would need more help in him playing. And I just don't see offensively Jaden bringing enough scoring or Rudy Gobert. I think they just lack the scoring to be able to beat Denver. Okay, fair enough. Hey, different strokes for different folks. All right, we got to get out of here, but before we do that, we got to keep this tradition going. We're going to do our trivia. We'll keep it to one question today, Danny, and yeah. see who gets it right. Uh, Amjad has laid out this question for us, and I guess we'll just throw out names till we eventually get it right, or if it takes us too long, he'll just tell us we're both wrong. We'll move on to next week. So here's the question. Who holds the record for the most consecutive seasons playing for the same NBA team? Oh, while never making an all-star appearance? I know this answer. Do you know? Don't say it yet. Do you know this answer? No, I do not. Not making an all-star player for the same Who consecutive team. Who holds the record for play the most consecutive seasons yeah, playing for the same NBA? I know this answer too. All right. Uh, how do we make sure? All right. We're going to say it at the same time. You ready? Three, two, one. Udonis Udonis Haslam. Yeah, 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 that's easy. <laughs> no, yeah. you said it after me. You said it after Tonic. me. You <laughs> nah, probably caught nah. <laughs> Jed, you is that right? Is that Udonis? Is it Udonis yeah. Haslam? There we go. All right. Well, so yeah, I, we got time for going to number. Let's go. You said it at the same time in my end because I don't know if you catching my words late, but it came through at yeah, the same time. Yeah, that's what's time. happening. For yeah, sure. that's what's going on. All right, all right, all right. Let's do question number two. Which NBA player 
active in the league today, has the highest career free throw percentage among left-handed players with a minimum of 500 free throws attempted. I got I that only have already. one person. I, yeah. I can only think of one person. Ready? Three, yeah. two, one. James Harden. James Harden. <laughs> Yo, you see? No. Mike, Mike Conley. Conley. Yeah. Wow. Yo, mine's delayed. I'm literally saying at the same time you're saying it, you're just not hearing it. <laughs> I'm not listening right, to you and saying it. <laughs> it's coming at the same time. <laughs> all right. So, we, so we're, we're both wrong. Okay. All right. Last yeah, one. I can, uh, I'll record it for you so you can see it. Nah, Where's you're good. Fault? I believe you. Auto system. Uh, auto system. Auto okay. system. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Among current NBA head coaches, who yeah. has the highest winning percentage as a player during their NBA career, despite not being a Hall of Famer? I I, I think I know this answer. I think there's I only this. one person. He's not a Hall of Fame of. player. Or not a Hall of Fame coach. Not a Hall of Fame. Well, you could just get in at uh, if you're a Hall yeah, of Fame. Yeah, I know who it is. Was, you, you. I'm gonna say it earlier before you, so I'll say it at three, <laughs> and you say it after. <laughs> three, three two, two one, one. Steve, Kerr. Steve Kerr there you go yeah okay all right so we call the draw we both got it right there we yeah. go so yes Udonis Haslam uh most consecutive seasons played for that same NBA team while Mike Conley all-star periods Mike Conley leads the NBA in left-handed player free throw percentage uh and Steve Kerr highest winning percentage as a player during his NBA career all right uh, maybe we'll get stumped next week. Well, the Mike Conley one got us, but we gotta, we're going to have to break this draw next week around. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed the show. We'll see you guys next week. Make sure you subscribe, rate, review, uh, and find us on Instagram or Twitter. Until next time, y'all. Peace.